0: Hey everybody, I'm Gary Miller. I am a guest host today on Hired the Podcast. Our traditional host, uh, Travis Miller, is usually our host, but he's not here today and I'm filling in. And uh, with us today we have Sean Dotson, formerly the president of R&D Automation down in Florida. Uh, Sean built a very, very successful company down there that became a, uh, a juggernaut in the automation and machine building industry. Um, uh, but Sean also happens to be a, a free agent as of recently. So we're going to probe into a little bit about, um, you know, what, it, what that feels like. So let me, um, let me start with that. But Sean, first, let me say welcome.
1: Well, Hey, thanks for having me, Gary. I, uh, I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's, there's been some changes, uh, recently in, in my life, but, uh, Yeah, interested to talking to you about it all.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I wanna talk about what that feels like. You know, as an executive recruiter, one of my, uh, a skill or a a talent trait that a good recruiter would have would be empathy. Uh, You know, what is it like to be in your shoes? And uh, I've never changed jobs like ever, so I really don't have that experience, but I can imagine it's it's interesting. So you've got a, uh, you're a free agent, you know, you're very well known in the industry. You obviously have talent at building teams, building organizations uh, in automation, which is one of the hottest uh, markets in the world right now. But, but you, you know, the world is your oyster. You can, so I'm curious as you're forming your vision for what you are going to do next, what's that mm-hmm. process, how does that feel? Yeah. Um
1: it's a lot of emotions. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've owned and or operated R and D now for just close to 18 years. So I, I, I had it for 16 years, uh, about two years ago, I, I sold it to a private equity firm. Um, and now about two years later, you know, um, decided that, uh, it, it was time to, to move on and, and look at some other things. It's, um, you go through a range of emotions. Um, like you said, it's, you know, 18 years is a long time. I liken it to raising a child. It's, it's now it's ready to go off to college and be on its own. And I, and I feel like I've done a really good job at building a really good team. That's going to take a company and um, it's going to be my legacy, you know, going forward, even if I'm not a part of it, it's still going to be you know, part of what I built. Uh, I've, you know, i have getting a lot of thought. It's, it's, it's only been a few weeks, um, you know, given a lot of thought about what I want to do. I will say the, the outpouring of um, you know, wonderful comments and just very humbling uh, letters and notes and calls that I've gotten from everybody in the industry is—it's just—it's really amazing. Um, I don't think you really realize the impact that you've had on other people or other companies um, sometimes until people come out and explicitly tell you. Um, so I've, I've just—I've really been touched, to be honest, with you, mm-hmm. by by a lot of the uh, the feedback. So. Um, I've decided i'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of time, sit back, um, reflect on what's important to me. Um, you know, I have some some key tenants and some key values that are very important to me, which I'm sure we're gonna discuss a little bit more later on. Uh, but the most important thing to me is is finding something that I'm passionate about and something that I'm gonna enjoy, and something that I can make an effective change. Um, I've still got a lot of miles left in me, and I think I've got a lot you know left to give to. An organization, um, you know, to to help them grow. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, let's let's touch on values then. So, so you, uh, first of all, I will comment: the goodwill that you have in the marketplace is an incredible asset that you have. You know, if you stay you. in or near the automation business, um, you'll be a um, a customer magnet more or less, or, uh, you know, people will go, f- will follow you and look into what you're doing just because of who you are. And that's, that's a great testimony. But, you know, culture is really an extension. Uh, I- I've heard once the culture is the, uh, is equal to the length and shadow of its leader. And so whatever mm-hmm. values you have are some of those same values that helped build R&D. And you comment frequently, and we hear a lot about it's fantastic culture. So, so what mm-hmm. are some of those values that you stand for that are paramount and are going to have to be part of a new organization's culture? Right.
1: Um, you know, I have spoke a lot about culture because I believe that, you know, it, it's a very cliche to, thing to say um, is that people are your most important assets. And of course, you know, you, you being in the recruiting field and the uh, human resources field, you, you, you know that. You live that every day. There's a lot of companies that will say that their people are, are super important to them, but their actions don't always speak that. Um, I think it's really important to make sure that you've, you've, you're always making sure that your people are first and foremost in your company. Um, if you have really good people with a good culture, who trust you, who want to work there, who really believe in the mission of the company, profits and revenue will will come from that. That's just a natural flow. Um, you know, I've always i've I've done things at my company um, over the years. Things like back 18 years ago when we first started, we had the the unlimited vacation policy, which you know a lot of tech companies now in the last you know five six years have adopted that we were doing it 18 years ago. And I have a lot of other business owners that look at me, you know, like, are you crazy? Like, how do you manage that? How could you possibly have unlimited vacation? And, and what, what I tell them is, it's not so much unlimited vacation, it's just the flexibility to do the work when you, when you can, um, and taking that time off when you really need it. Uh, if you've got a sick relative, or a sick child, or, or something else going on in your life, forcing somebody to come into work while they're going through that very stressful event is, one, not good for them, and two, they're not giving their all, they're not totally focused on the task at hand, so you might be getting half or quarter productivity out of them, so isn't it better to allow them to take that time off, go deal with that situation that's, that's, uh, that's bothering them, and then come back and then get the work done. So I've always been a big believer in let's set expectations, let's set the task at hand, let's put some due dates and and, and project you know, milestones in this. And then as long as you're hitting those milestones, it it really doesn't matter to me if you're working from eight to five, right? And clocking in and clocking out. That's just, it's never been something that's really important to us. Um, You know, one of the other major tenets too is, is fit and, Matching the culture of the company, I'd rather, I'd much rather hire somebody who's a better fit culturally than maybe somebody who is slightly technically better. Now, of course, you know technical skills are very important in our industry, um, but if, if you've got somebody who's just maybe is a little bit more technical, but they're not a real good fit for the team, I'm going to take the person who's a good fit for the team, and then the team is going to teach them those those technical skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really important to us, you know, um, you know, and there's other things that I think should go without saying, but things like, you know, being ethical, being fair, um, being respectful of everybody. We can disagree. We've had some very heated debates, you know, at, at our companies over the years about, um, you know, things down to, you know, should, should we be using this air cylinder or that air cylinder, or this robot or that robot all the way up to what is our philosophical mission in the automation world? Um, But those debates are welcome. Um, I I want people to to debate with me because I want to understand the other side of the argument. Uh, Because, you know, we're human. We're not always right. Um, So I've gone as far sometimes I've taken, I've taken the opposite point of view from what I believe, just to try to see what the other person will push back on. Um, So uh, that was actually a tactic I stole from Steve Jobs from years ago. I, I read that he would sometimes take the opposite point of view just to inspire the
0: Sure. I, I want to uh, ask you about fit because uh, I've read about fit um, and and depending on how, how literal you take it, that if you only ever hire people that like match the you know, perfectly you know, it's like a love fest that every that That the team won't grow, that you need somebody that sure. not only fits the team but can enhance the team or advance the team or challenge the team or whatever, so you know what does fit really what does fit really mean look like, and can you really mm-hmm. is it truly just a gut call
1: um it It is a little bit of a gut call um you know i I believe in trusting my gut in, the, in the, for the most part, uh but at the same time. You're absolutely right. You, you don't want everybody to be a clone. Um, if everybody is exactly the same, you, you, you're right. We won't grow. Um, there will be no challenge, right? So that's why we do, uh, we welcome debate. You know, we welcome opinions. Um, everybody from the brand new lowest level, you know, machinist or assembler all the way up to my VP, can walk into my office and challenge me and say, why are we doing things this way? And, and we, we want that. Mm-hmm. Um, what we want, though, is those core tenant values, though, to be important to everybody. We want everybody, like I said, you know, ethics, one of our senses of urgency, you know, um, inclusion, uh, respectfulness, uh, innovation, all of those values. We want people to hold those values true, but they can hold them true in their own unique way. Mm-hmm. You know, we have extroverts, we have introverts, we have people who are very sociable, we have people who are not quite sociable. Um, that's all good, and that's all great. But as long as we're all rowing in the same direction, that's what's important. So I liken it to, you know, to a marriage, right? Um, you know, I might enjoy mountain biking, and my wife might enjoy skiing. Um, you know, she's not going to make me if I hate skiing. She's not going to make me go skiing all the time, and I'm not going to make her go mountain biking all the time. But you know, occasionally we indulge each other's, you know, uh, hobbies. And, and But the point is we're both headed in the same direction. We both want to have a good relationship and we both want to be successful and we want to provide for our families and things like that. So, um, again, a little cliche, but it is kind of like a family in a way. Sure. Um, I, I've always said family comes first and work comes a very close
0: second. Well, I ask you about that. Uh, you've seen on, on LinkedIn, uh, I'm sure you've seen posts about – you know, some companies consider their workplace, their family, and other people would say, well, if a company calls themselves a family, run away, because that means they expect you to work all the time. Uh, yeah, right. You know, one of my employees calls us her work family, mm-hmm. and that's the way she views it. Um, sure. So I don't know, we, we, we feel kind of close that way, but I, what, what's, your, what's your feeling on that debate?
1: Um, I think, um, I think it was the, I think it was the CEO of Shopify, I believe that, that, that put out a memo about that thing. We're not a family, right? We, we, are a workplace. Um, and, but if you really dig down deep into his message, uh, I think what it said is that we can be like a family. We can, we can be respectful, you know, all, all those values that you hold important to your family, right? You, 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 Well, some families, maybe some families aren't very respectful. I've seen a few of those, but, um, you know, you, you want to be respectful. You want to take care of each other. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it is first and foremost, it is a business. And part of that is sometimes you have to make some difficult decisions, um, some decisions that if it were truly a family, maybe ones you wouldn't make. So, I think his message there was, you know we need to make sure that we are running a business, but at the same time we we can also make sure that we are treating each other with respect and that we are all trying to help each other uh, be the best that we can be um, you know I, I I think it's a mixture of the two yeah. I don't think saying it is a family or not a family is the right answer. Sure. I think it's somewhere in between because. I mean, I've, I've, got, I've had employees for 10 to 15 years that, I mean, they truly become very, very close friends at right. that point, right? And um, that's just inevitable. That's going to happen in any, any business. Sure.
0: Well, and then the, 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 one of my favorite words is essence. You know, like, it's like that which is important, what can't be seen. So words like you said earlier, there's a lot of cliche and talk about culture. Everybody says essentially, essentially the same thing, but culture family uh, it, it, they're all words so what does it really mean and what does it feel like you know how do people feel about your workplace and then even trying to describe that is difficult yeah it
1: is um i i i think i think an employee's sense of worth uh and enjoyment in their work is probably the best barometer of that and and that's sometimes hard to to judge right um we've done some engagement surveys where we ask you know anonymous surveys where we ask our employees you know are are you happy you know do you enjoy what you do and not 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 very specific questions really kind of esoteric questions of are are you getting out of your job what you want to get and it has nothing to do with it has nothing to do with pay. It has nothing right. to do with, with benefits. It has to right. do with, are you having fun, right? right. And um, we've always had very high scores in, 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 those, in those areas. Um, and I think longevity of employees, um, in, employees who are, um, you know, yeah, they could, they could maybe jump ship to somewhere else and maybe make, you know, 5% more, but they don't know how the culture that mm-hmm. other companies like, but they know what the culture here is. Um, so we, employees that are not always chasing a dollar, and then trust me, money is important. It's very important. It's what makes the world go around. We all have to provide for our families. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, it's not the end all and be all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have you, uh, so you've always had good tenure. That's survey that you mentioned it, was that by chance the Gallup 12 survey? Um, it was not,
1: um, but I'm familiar with that one, so it was it was similar in a way. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I honestly I cannot yeah. recall the exact name of it, but it, it was it was similar in that way. It just it, it measured satisfaction.
0: Yeah, right? I love that Gallup 12 survey. It's it's the 12 questions. One of them is like, do I have a best friend at work? Does my boss yeah, right. Does my boss care about me as a human being? You know, right. things like that. Exactly. And yes, their, exactly. Their yep. proof was that companies that score high on the, you know, emotional scale are more profitable. For sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a total byproduct of having
1: a, a great culture. I mean, you could you could have a juggernaut of a company that's that's making tremendous amounts of money, but I've also seen companies like that where. You know, you look at the engineering drawings, and you don't see the same initials more than a few times on all the drawings. And you're like, "How many engineers have been through this place?" Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, um, you never get you never get any momentum there. Now they're successful on paper, but are they really successful as a, a company? You know, yeah. I, I would argue that they're not necessarily successful as a company.
0: Yeah, I, I saw a Harvard professor do a. It was a. It was a VHS tape. That's how long ago it was I saw this video. But he just said, you know, profits come from long-term happy customers and long-term happy customers from, come from long-term happy employees. That's a, that's a pretty simple equation. But with that in mind, I'll ask you a question. There's other, you'll see uh, people just say, hey, look, the, the world of work today, you can't expect somebody to work at a job for more than two or three years and they're going to go off and do something else. And there's companies that say, hey, look, if, if you're ever not, be- I don't expect you to work here for a long time. While you're here, give it your best. When you stop mm-hmm. growing or learning, if it's time to move on, I'll support you. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad worked for Johnson & Johnson for 35 years. And back then, the expectation, you went to work for somebody, and that's where you worked. Right. And, right. Uh, but now the expectation, you know, so 30 years, 25, 20, 15, 10, when are do- going to change jobs every week? So when does it mm-hmm. stop and go back the other other way? So when you hire somebody, how long do you expect that they're going to work for you?
1: Um, I mean, ideally I'd love for them to work for me for as long as they want to work for me. And as long as they are still growing as a person and are still enjoying what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, again i've you know my my v p of operations back at r and d um joined us he's he's fifteen years in now, so he was employee number one it was it was myself and my two partners who started the business. He was the first hire in about year two ish three ish um and he's he's still with us
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and it's because he enjoys what he did we hired him on as a design engineer, and so he's worked his way up through you know, numerous uh, roles throughout the company. Mm-hmm. Um, my director of manufacturing, same thing. Um, he's been with us for 10 years, started out as an engineering intern, kind of doing all the, all the crappy jobs the engineers really didn't want to do, um, and then worked his way and, and became, uh, um, became, did some purchasing and then helped us mm-hmm. uh, get our machine shop in order and then worked his way up to running all of manufacturing now. So, you know, that was a path that allowed him to grow. Um, and he's enjoying the new challenges and the growth. Um, if if there's an employee who is not growing and is not enjoying it and they want to move on and try something different, and, uh, then I wish them the best of luck. You know, no, like certainly. you said, I, I, I tell my employees, I, I, I don't expect you to work here your entire life. Um, if you're happy working here for that long, then, then that's great. Um, I will say that when I do look at resumes, if I see a history of, and, and, it's a, and it's a non-contract roles, right? One year, year and a half, one year, year and a half, one year, one year, you know, year and a half. That, that becomes a little worrisome to me that they could be a very good employee, um, but they haven't found that satisfaction perhaps yeah. somewhere. And, and now maybe it's a bad employer, could be.
0: sure.
1: Uh, maybe, you know, it, it could be, um, situations have changed, where you know their their spouse lost a job, or they had to move, or something like that. Um, there's always there's always uh, extenuating circumstances, but it, it's to me it's always something you need to dive into a little bit deeper as to why are you not satisfied, and what sure. are you looking for that would make you satisfied. Sure. Um, because as you know, you you put a lot of money into an employee to train them, you know, to learn your way of doing things, and and that can take a year or more sometimes yeah and if they're going to leave after a year and a half then you're back to square one all over again so that's why hiring for fit i think is super important
0: yeah 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 i think a yeah, year year and a half to start to really see the return on the investments like i say frequently you can't manufacture antiques
1: <laughs> right
0: you know they they, <laughs> they, they they take a while uh to develop uh, you, yep. So when you started the company, was it like from scratch, clean piece of paper, uh, or was there some little entity that you jumped into?
1: Mm-hmm. So um, I worked for a company called Adlan Automation uh, down in Bradenton, Florida, uh, pretty much fresh out of, out of, out of school. Uh, they were an automation company that moved down from upstate New York back in the 70s. And they were doing... Um, pretty, pretty amazing stuff back in the seventies and eighties, they were using Mm -hmm. IBM robots and hydraulic robots. And, Uh um, so for Florida, they were pretty advanced in the robotics space, um, went to work for them, uh, in the robotics group. Um, we were bought by larger and larger corporations, four corporations over about four or five year period, um, finally owned by a a multi-billion dollar, uh, Swedish company. Uh, and they decided at that point I was running the engineering and manufacturing at that facility and they decided they had too many locations all over the world, they needed to shut some of them down. Unfortunately, uh, we drew the short straw from one of those locations. So I relocated our products all over the world, but we had this custom automation group of robotics and automation machinery that I couldn't figure out where to put and it didn't really fit anywhere else in, in the organization. So, um, I said, well, you know, why don't you, why don't you sell it to me? You know, and I'm going to bring my two top engineers along with me. Um, so essentially, we, we traded in our, our, our severance package for, uh, you know, customer list and a couple computers and a, and a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we really kind of started from zero. So we went from the largest automation company in Florida to the smallest, you know, overnight. Uh, and then, um, and that was in 2005, late four, early five. Um, and, uh, but we had really loyal customers. We had people who knew myself, Doug and Bruce, uh, and they trusted us. Uh-huh. Um, so we started building some smaller equipment and then it became a little bigger and a little bigger. And then the recession, uh, in 08, uh, hit, uh, and a lot of our competitors who were much larger, uh, had a really rough time and, and most of them went bankrupt. Um, so now there was this vacuum of, people need, you know, after, you know, 10, when the economy took back off again, um, there was just lack of automation companies out there. So that's really, we, we grew steadily from five to 10, but from 10 and on, we just, you know, exponentially grew from that point forward.
0: Did you, you know, probably right at the beginning, you were just immersed in the work, but at some point you read a book or saw a seminar said, Hey, I should have a mission statement or a vision statement or when, how did the vision for, R&D come together and when did it, when did it become, come together?
1: So I would say it was always there, um, kind of in the back of my head and just both, you know, the way I led and the way I, um, the way I tried to run the company, but you're right, it was, it, it was never on the wall. It was never you know, written down anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about five to six years into the company, um, we came up with a new product, a standard product that we thought, uh, could, could, could uh, sell fairly well. So I started looking for some outside investment and, um, two gentlemen uh, contacted me. They were partners, um, in an investment firm. Um, they were both in the manufacturing environment, had both retired a little early and they still wanted to do some things to give out, give back to the community. Um, so I brought them in. Um, a a two-hour meeting turned into an eight-hour meeting. And by the end of the meeting, I said, you know what? I don't want your money. I want your knowledge. I want, you know, you guys have done this. You've grown companies. you sold them. You know, I want to learn both the mistakes you've made and, and and have a sounding board. So I brought them on as, as you know, kind of business coaches slash consultants. Um, and we had a gosh, it was probably about a seven to eight year relationship um, where they taught us the difference between working in the company and working on the company. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they encouraged me, like, Sean, you've got good people working for you that can work in the company. You need to work on the company. Um, And that's when we came up with things like really putting our values and our mission on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, We developed, at one point, I don't exactly remember what year it was, but we determined that we just, we got big enough that we were having communication problems just within the company. And that was our biggest issue was communication. So we came up with the 10 commandments of communication. I've I've posted this on LinkedIn before, but um, you know, just, just a list of rules of how you should communicate internal to the company and external to the company. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the, one of the, you know, early things that I learned was, and there's a there's a few little jokes and comics floating around on this, is I would go to the, one of the engineers and say, you know, I've always thought about this idea of like what if we did it this way? What if we what if we tried something like this? Like just think about it and let me know what you think. And three days later I'd have, you know, ten tag designs on my desk, you know, fully, fully drawn out and all. And I'm like, well wait, no, I didn't I didn't want you to actually do, I just want you to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. So my engineering manager, of course, is coming to me like, Sean, what are you doing? You know, they're, I, I had them, you know, on track and now all of a sudden they're going off track. It's like, you, you can't do that. And, and uh, so uh, the, the phrase they used was a whisper and a shout when it, when it comes from, you know, leadership. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to go through the chain of command. So I had to go to my engineering manager and go, hey, talk to your engineers about this idea. Tell them don't draw anything just think about it. And I want to have a, a meeting to talk about sure. this. So, um, so, you know, by, by all of that coaching and all, we really, we figured out how to become a really effective organization when it uh-huh. comes to you know leadership. Um, and, and, and I'm still really good friends with those two gentlemen uh, to this day. Yeah. Um, but they really, they, they helped us. They helped us a lot. Yeah.
0: yeah the right business coach is great. And, you know, uh, they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So you probably, it was just the right time for you. Uh, it was. And I, it I would was like to see timing. those 10 commandments of communication because they're probably uh, printable. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I've heard that the greatest problem with communication is thinking that it has occurred. Oh Yes.
1: <laughs> that, that's very true. And, 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 and one of ours was, you know, it is your responsibility to follow up. Yeah. Right. So you can't just, you know, one of the commandments was it's your responsibility to follow up. You can't just throw it over the wall and say, OK, it's not my problem anymore. Yeah. You know, you've got to go back and make sure, OK, you heard me, right? When is it going to be done? That's the most important thing. Is I tell my I tell my all of my employees, the last thing in an email or a phone call or a Zoom meeting or whatever is, OK, so here's our action items. And when will you get back to me on that? Uh-huh. Because if you just say get back to me it may never happen because, you know, get back to me soon. Well, your soon is not the same as my soon.
0: So uh, we, we had a few minutes left. I have to ask you about AMA the podcast you're launching called ask me anything. I'm curious if you have a vision for that. That's one question. The other question is, what would you really like people to ask you about? (laughs) So, um, it's an
1: idea I've had for a while. Um, we had a little video cast at, at R&D called Uptime, but it was a little bit different. It was more just grabbing people at trade shows, um, you know, sitting them down on the couch, talking to them for 30, 45 seconds, just little quick snippets. Um, and it was just more, quite honestly, it was just a more fun, you know, just, we just wanted to do it for fun. We just wanted sure. to have some fun and, and talk to our peers and all. Um, but this is something that I get asked I get asked the same questions from a lot of business owners, um, people who are trying to start automation companies, from even just manufacturers. Um, you know, things like, well, how, how do you deal with you know, a customer that's demanding you know, net 180 terms? Or you know, h- how do you quote accurately? And how do, you, how do you do these things? How do we determine what we need to automate? And I get asked these questions over and over again. And I'm a believer that in our space, there's not a lot of really, really true, true competitors. I mean, yes, there's there's companies where you know we we overlap in that Venn diagram of what we do, but um, and there are some that are just direct direct competitors. But you know, an automation company in in Florida that does medical device is really not a competitor with an automation company in California that does you know welding. We're, we're not. We have a lot of things in common, um, and we could all share best practices. So, you know, I decided, uh, you know, a couple things, one that, you know, AMA comes from, uh, you know, the the website Reddit, they've they've always had this thing called AMA, ask me anything. So somebody with a special set of skills or a unique job will post and people will ask questions and they'll just, they'll answer. So I decided that it would be one, it'd be good to share some of my experience with the community. Um, You know, we're not going to give away all the secret sauce, but uh, you can share ideas and concepts. Um, and two is just to kind of give back to an industry that quite honestly has given me a very successful, you know, 28-year career now. Um, so I have just decided like, hey, I've, I've solicited some questions on LinkedIn and all. I've got five or six already. Um, I'm just going to turn it into something that's just kind of fun and give my opinion on it. Maybe it will spur some conversations. Um, you know, what do I want people to ask? I want them to ask what's important to them what what do they want to know about the automation industry that either they don't know uh or perhaps they have an opinion but they want to see is there a differing opinion out there so you know everything from technology to the financial side of running an automation business to uh, marketing um you know having run this company for for 18 years i've worn a lot of hats and and you know i'm not I'm not I'm not a CPA and, I'm, and I don't have a degree in marketing, but I've done enough of all of that to know, right. you know, I know enough to be dangerous. Right. Um, and I've never been afraid to, to share my opinions. So well, you said um,
0: ask me fun. you said ask you anything. So I have a question. The, okay. the pictures from the web are the new telescope of that nebula that it's about this big. But that represents 600 million light years. Could you explain that to me? Yes, <laughs> um, I will go get
1: Neil deGrasse Tyson. Give me a moment, and uh, he will come. He will come sure. over and explain that. Sure. Um, yeah, those those that James Webb Telescope is absolutely amazing. It um, is. I've I've been watching a lot of those images. Sure. I, you know, I'll have to I have to clarify that it is called Automation AMA. So uh, I might need to. To narrow the scope of those. Oh, a I didn't.
0: I, okay. I didn't see it. You have to make your screen a little bit bigger there.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as, as you know, I have, I don't have a beautiful uh, studio yet. Like you do. Uh, maybe if, uh, you know, maybe if this takes off, I'll, I'll spend a little bit more money on it, but I'm, I'm kind of making do with I've, I've been in the office for 18 years you know i haven't been in a home office so i'm kind of making do with a with a home office right now
0: well i there's a couple of things notable about this this is the first time in the history of the universe that two novice podcasters went at it for their debut so that's <laughs> never happened before <laughs> But I do have a vision is that someday we'll be on competing networks on late night TV. That's probably where this Oh, is there going. we go. Yeah. All yeah. right.
1: We'll, we'll have to watch the ratings and see okay. who, uh, who does better.
0: Well, anyway, well, this has been uh, fun. We could probably go another session. Maybe we'll get back together again and, uh, and talk about automation, life, and other things. Uh, but Sean, it's been great. Thank you for joining me and, and spending part of your day with us.
1: Yeah. Hey, Gary, I really appreciate it. I've always had a lot of respect for your organization and uh, uh, thank you for having me on. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. So thanks everybody for joining us on uh, Hired, the podcast with Sean Dotson. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Make sure you uh, listen in wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, and follow us or check out uh, Miller Resource Group YouTube channel. Follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, more content to come. And if you're interested in being part of our experience, feel free to let us know. Have a great day.